Welcome to the mikvah.org podcast. The mikvah organization has been dedicated to the education and resources for Jewish family life since 1975-5735. You can support our vital work at mikvah.org forward slash donate. Thank you for your support and enjoy today's recording. Have you been enjoying our mikvah.org podcast? We invite you to dedicate an upcoming episode in honor of a loved one. Please reach out to podcast at mikvah.org. Okay, hi everyone, and welcome to the Elo episode of the Meet the Kala Teachers Hakel series. So today I would like to introduce our three teachers. We have with us Mrs. Hanna Gordon, Mrs. Hanna Hazan, and Mrs. Fredo Lane. Thank you all so, so much for taking this time out of your busy schedules to be with us today. So we're gonna go in alphabetical order to answer the questions. So we'll start with Mrs. Hanna Gordon, then we'll go to Mrs. Hanna Hazan, and then we'll go to Mrs. Fredo Lane. So let's jump right in with the first question. Can you all tell us a little bit about yourselves? Hi, thank you for having us here today. I'm Hannah Gordon. I live in Richmond, British Columbia. That's in Canada. Mm -hmm. uh, my husband and I, along with our children, are shluchim here. We moved here five years ago. Um, although I was actually born here and my parents have been shluchim in British Columbia for many years. They currently live 40 minutes away from us. So it wasn't like a oh. new place. And uh, we're doing our best to spread the warmth and beauty of Yiddishkeit to the Jews here. Uh, two things I focused a lot of my energy and time to, aside for raising our children, are directing and teaching Hebrew school for elementary school-age children. And the second thing is Mifsatar Samashbacha, uh, which has many different components. I volunteer at the only mikvah in our city, um, often on a weekly basis as a mikvah attendant, helping with the maintenance, yeah. the upkeep of our mikvah. Uh, we're actually currently raising funds for a gut renovation of our mikvah, so it can really be attractive to many more women who are not yet keeping this mitzvah. Um, Baruch Hashem, Mikvah USA agreed to partner and sponsor a third of the cost, so we are looking for additional sponsors. and. Mm. Um, I have immense hakarsa tov to Rabbi Avram Fagelstock and Mr. Wing, who built the mikvah 23 years ago. And uh, I feel like I kind of came and just continued with the seeds that they planted, and I'm able to teach women and bring women, and I absolutely love it. Um, I teach all types of women, married women, kalas, postmenopause, ladies for GIRS, who are doing going for gear, and um, just try and help women enjoy this mitzvah in the best way possible. That's a little bit about me. Wow, beautiful, thank you. Okay, Mrs. Khazan. Yes, hi. Um, okay, I am, my name is Khan Khazan. I live in Rome, Italy. Um, we are here on Shlichus with my husband and my children for 20 years, Baruch Hashem. Um, we first start, I, I, I had a preschool, we ran a preschool, I should say, I ran a preschool for the past 15 years. Um, unfortunately, during COVID, things kind of um, took that away from us. <laughs> and, uh, but as they say, yeah, as we say, nothing happens for no reason. And I was mm -hmm. able at that point to shift my energy to do other things, which I wasn't able to do before because anyone who runs a preschool knows that it's 24 seven full time. <laughs> So yes. I was able to shift my focus a bit <laughs> and um, 
And now I, one of the things that I do is teach, I am the official Kala teacher for the Jewish community of Rome. And uh, which means wow. that all the brides that are married through the Rabbanot of Rome need to learn with me. Um, so we thankfully were able to, uh, when I started doing this a couple years ago, the, um, the mikveh committee had been long uh, left untouched for a while in the community. Um, the, the brides that learned, that, that got married with the community, learned with someone for about an hour and that was it. And it wasn't even mandatory. Mm -hmm. um, we were able, along with some good friends of mine, to work with the president of the community and make it an, a mandatory thing that the girls must learn Tarasa Mishbacha Halachas of Mikvah before they get married. And we brought it from one class to two classes. And right now, three years, four years later, we're up to six classes that are mandatory for mm -hmm. the brides to take. Actually, as well as their, not just, not just the girls, also the boys need to take certain mm -hmm. classes as well. So mm -hmm. it's been a real, it's been a real journey <laughs> and um, it's, it's wonderful. It's really beautiful and special to see, but we'll, I'll expound a little bit more on with the other questions. Wow. Thank you. That's really, really incredible. Wow. Okay. Fredel. Okay. So um, I'm Fredel Lane. I'm on Shlachas in Panama with my family, Baruch Shem. We've been here almost 30 years and um, I'm a Rebbitson in the Ashkenazi community here. And with that comes my shlichas and whatever I do, I teach uh, in one of the local schools, not full-time, part-time. And um, then I have my rabbits and responsibilities, which part of that is teaching colors, as I'll explain. Mm -hmm. And um, Barsham, we have our own mikvah here in Ashul. So I'm involved with that also. We have volunteers. So I'm not like the only person that has to has to be the mikvah lady. At this point, when I came um, almost 30 years ago, I was, you know, it wasn't a very active mikvah at that point. Since then, we've built a bigger shawl with a very beautiful mikvah and four bathrooms. But till then, um, I was, you know, the mikvah lady, the color teacher, and uh, doing all kinds of things that people on Shlachus do. Amazing. Thank you. Okay, so let's continue with what motivated you to become a Tara Samashbacha teacher? Uh, great question. <laughs> so feeling the void of not having enough teachers to teach this material properly. Today, Barksham, mm -hmm. there's more, but 10 years ago wasn't the case. Um, it's just amazing where, how so much more is available now and how many there are so many good teachers now, but um, it's really a woman's birthright to know all about this special mitzvah and this subject. And um, right when I got married and before I felt that way. And when I moved on Shlifas, I felt it even more. And I, I like to mm -hmm. think of this story where the Rebbe, when he suffered a heart attack and was having blood drawn, the Rebbe asked the doctors, um, what causes the blood, to, the blood to be drawn? Is it the needle or the void in the syringe? And um, the doctors answered that it's the void in the syringe that draws the blood out. And then the Rebbe continued. Um, I once told someone who told me he felt empty that something void has the power to draw holiness in much quicker. And therefore, mm -hmm. he's a much more suitable vessel for good. And I always, I think about this in life in general, whenever, I mean, what my takeaway is like, whenever there's this void, and if I have a talent, um, something I can give, 
if there's a will, then hopefully Hashem will give me the kayak to help fill that void. And um, specifically on this topic, um, before I got married, I had a few years when I was looking for my husband and I was really motivated to learn anything I could on the subject of Tarsim Shvachla. I uh, learned through family purity and listened <laughs> to lots of classes. Mm-hmm. Um, actually, when I got engaged, I was very grateful I did that because much less overwhelming. I feel bad for the women I teach who are like coming right before their wedding and they have so much to cram in. I, yeah. like, I, I was very much more relaxed that way. I had a very short engagement. Anyway, um, so that was, it was something like, we actually had a high school reunion um, after high school, I don't remember, over 10 years ago. We played a game where everyone got a paper and they had to write, like, what career do you want? Where do you see yourself in 10 years as far as, like, career-wise, r- anonymously? And then we all, like, switched the papers around. Everyone had to guess whose was whose. <laughs> it was just, oh, I think mm-hmm. it was just over 10 years ago. And I wrote Kala Teacher on mine. So Baruch Hashem, here I am, wow. years later. Um and it's the more I learn, the more I'm, I just, there's more to learn. Um, mm-hmm. And of course, teach what we learn. And another thing that inspired me was um, when Mikva Mechaim Ashkam Lefferts was built, I was so inspired and amazed at how stunning and clean the Mikva was. And the Mikva attendants were so respectful and gentle. And at the time, I had four kids under four living in a one bedroom apartment in Crown Heights and like wow. uh, Mikvah night was very special I like always I really was so excited I felt pampered I felt good it was just like this is what the Rebbe was talking about when mm-hmm. <laughs> physically spiritually like it just added this whole it's not of course there's the, the part between you and your spouse but the whole Mikvah experience was just the ladies made you feel like there's nothing in the world tonight besides you and if anything mm-hmm. went wrong, they were like right there to take care of you. I felt like I got top mm-hmm. quality training for the work I do now. And um, Baruch Hashem. So when we moved on Shluchas, I really felt like I want to bring that experience to the ladies here. And mm-hmm. I felt the boy that it, obviously, I mean, we're not Mikvah Mechaim Mushka, but we <laughs> have tried to <laughs> uh, copy a lot of the things that um, I learned from over there. And uh, five years later, after replacing towels, robes, and working on the cleanliness of the mikvah and more, um, with gratitude to mikvah efforts, I've seen lots of success, whether it was ladies um, just calling me, can you please be my mikvah attendant, or teaching women, bringing first timers, and many women telling me that before they didn't have such a good experience until they came to this mikvah. And a big part of it was really seeing in Crown Heights, like, just the example they portrayed of how this mitzvah should be kept along with also there was such great shiurim of hashkafa and um when i came here i didn't see that so i was like wow this is this is something i'm gonna bring here so that's my inspiration wow thank you that's amazing okay um mrs chazan yeah so I'll, i'll be honest i'll tell you that when i um i I'll put it this way. I taught girls to, um, before their wedding, but not as an official college teacher, just on, as my role as a shlucha, it came, it came to me quite a few times. Um, but when I was asked by the 
president of the community here to take on the role of being part of the mikveh committee. I actually didn't realize at that point that they wanted me to be the, the, the official Kala teacher. And I just took on the role with a friend of mine who was very much involved as if I was just going to help, you know, build the mikvahs and help organize. There was no one on top of it. So it was just, I figured that's what it is. And then it kind of came as a surprise to me that I was going to be <laughs> taking over the role of a teacher as well. Um, so, but of course, again, everything just happens at the right time in the right place. And it was right when the uh, mikvah.org was, was um, offering their next course. And I mm -hmm. thought, my goodness, this, this came just at the perfect time. And I've said this before, and I'll say it again. It was the most incredible course I've ever taken. I mean, I've, I've taken many courses in my years of teaching and directing and all of that, but this course gave me so much, so much to offer to the girls, not even so much. I mean, of course, on the Hashkafa and on that, but my mother is a wonderful, amazing college teacher. So I've got so much from her, but besides from all the actual halachas and Hashkafas, I got from the mikvah, the, 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 the course, the information mm -hmm. outside of specific halachas was incredible. And the amount of times I called Taharenu and the amount of times I've called different Rabbanim because we're in touch and we can, it's just incredible. So that gave me a wow. huge, huge um, um, amount of information at the tip of my fingers, literally to be able to help these girls. And uh, it's, um, it's inspiring every single day because I don't get there's not a day that goes by that I don't get at least one, two, three questions from these girls. And I'll, I'll talk about that more later when we talk about some inspiring stories. Um, but mm -hmm. so that's how I was kind of thrown into this, um, you know, more specific job of actually being a college teacher. Um, and I could not have done it better with, without this course. It's just, it's fantastic. So I, I, I've recommended more than one of my siblings, sister-in-laws, Go for it, take it. You'll you won't regret it, mm -hmm. and it's just it's really been incredible. So I'm I'm ever so grateful. Wow, it's very cool how you know everyone has their their way that they became a college teacher, and that's really like such a shachapata. So that was the way that it came about for you. Wow. Okay, um, Mrs. Lane. Okay, so I moved down shachas. I was eight months married, and I was turning twenty, and. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> I became a color teacher, I guess, by default. Um, what happened? We're, like I said, I'm representing a shawl. So within a few months, there was going to be a wedding. And obviously, I called up the girl that I want to meet her and prepare her for a wedding. And Barakshan, we live in a very traditional community. They're used to that. They know that you have to go, you know, learn with a Rebbitson or a color teacher before you get married. And I was that color teacher. And I do have to say, before I went to Shlichas and once we knew we were coming here, there was a course of Tehillah Abramov in Flatbush. And my mother-in-law very smartly told me, you know what, you're coming with me to the course. Now, they didn't want to receive me because I was this little kid coming to their course and I was no official college teacher. But that was my first introduction. And I took notes and I still have stuff from then. And then every year by the Kinnos, um, Baruch Shem, um, Tarasa Mishpacha always organized something by the Kinnos. And that became my next resource. And then I was always looking, you know, for information and um, I put together like my own, you know, teaching style. I made a little booklet in Spanish and um, I, I like to learn. I like to look for new things. I also became a mashkicha years later than that. We uh -huh. brought Rabbi Ullman to Panama and I became a mashkicha with other women here to do 
Hashkach um, for infertility treatment. And then when I saw the KTT course, I was like, okay, I definitely want to do this. And I spoke to some teachers that had already done this and they, you know, highly recommended it. And like Hannah said, for me, it, it gave me so much, not just for the teaching part, just for myself also, amazing resources, mm -hmm. um, a feeling of confidence that I didn't have before, because before, like I said, I put together like all my own stuff that I collected from different places and different teachers. And, um, and also like Hannah said, I get also people texting me all the time, you know, married women, women in the community, different Shilas, and you know, what's a Shila, you know, what you have to refer out, you know, when you have to call a Rav and, um, it's been something that really I've gained in all aspects. Actually, the year that we took the course, it was the COVID year. So I actually had something really nice to do, you know, listen to all these classes, um, mm -hmm. you know, while I was stuck home um but yeah definitely it's been and and I refer to my I I printed out you know all the hand sheets and I and I took notes of every class like I wouldn't let myself listen to a class without being able to sit down and actually take notes of the class and I can't tell you how many times I go back to that folder and you know reread things and check things up so um that's how I became a an official college teacher amazing wow Thank you. Okay, so next we have, what kind of clients do you service and do you have any specialty? Mrs. Gordon, we'll, we'll go with you. Um, so I've taught all types, as mentioned earlier, mm -hmm. from not from Kala's ladies that are doing conversion, reviews for married women, but mainly uh, the women that I deal with, they don't come from observant homes. Um, and most women I teach never asked me to learn with them. <laughs> That's the fun part. Um, I approach them and if I'm lucky, mm -hmm. they give me one or two classes to learn with them. Although some have come for more. And I try to speak about Taras Mashbacha with them. I speak about it at literally everywhere. Um, you think of Mifsa Tfilin, how the Rebbe spoke to the men, you know, wherever they go, find someone and just put on Tfilin, do a mitzvah and I'll, Meet these. I had a you had a mommy and me. My kids were at three kids at home when we moved here, so I spoke to the women there. And Baruch Hashem, I got one of the ladies to go for the first time. Um, I actually I actually sat down and wrote a list of like twenty five women that I'm friends with that I thought may not have had the opportunity to use the mikvah and keep tarsem shvacha. And I look out for an opportune time to reach out to them, and I offer them this gift. And talk to them about how special this mitzvah is and have you ever had an opportunity to use the mikvah and um, it's definitely a gift i see the benefits in my life and the more the more i learn the more i see it's i appreciate the mitzvah mm -hmm. and uh, baruch hashem a nice amount of women accepted my offer and the other women at the right time will accept the offer offer <laughs> um one of my big motives of working on the richmond gut renovation Mikvah project is hearing from some of these women about who I approached, um, about their how they went once or twice in their life and they didn't have a good experience, whether it was before their wedding. Actually, I asked a lady who was having her 50th anniversary, like, let's do this as a you know special wedding present for yourself. And she was telling me how dirty the mikvah was when she got Aww. married. And I'm like, I'm just thinking of what the Rebbe said, how the mikvah should be both beautifully, spiritually, and aesthetically. 
I'm, I'm actually quoting, mm -hmm. literally and physically beautiful, just like a Torah scroll needs to be bit written on beautiful parchment with beautiful ink and the water mm -hmm. and all its details. So we're slowly getting there, but we need to do it completely. So that's most of the people I approach are in that way. I find it, I go jogging with a woman. I taught her as I was going jogging. Um, wow. Although this past year I had something which I didn't expect. And generally the women I think of are more in my age range. Um, those are people with kids, et cetera. But um, this past year I taught four post-menopause women. Um, each one first and last was very special. And it actually started off when I invited, um, I, inv I called one of the ladies and I invited her for Shabbos. And she told me about the trips she has planned. And she said, you know, at my stage in life, you start thinking about what do you want to accomplish before, before your time is up. And she told me about different trips she has planned. And it was just like, Hashem, my mouth just opened up the first time this came out. And I was like, well, have you ever put using the mikvah on your bucket list of things to do? Mm -hmm. And she was like, funny you ask, because I've read about it numerous times. And I always like had in the back of my mind that I want to do it one day, but I never did it. And I even had an Orthodox wedding. And I don't know why the rabbi never told me to go to the mikvah. Oh, wow. mind, it was like mm -hmm. always one day. And I actually had two ladies, one right after another with the same story. And um, it took some time. And eventually, I mean, each one separately, I learned with them. And they went to the mikvah and they were so grateful and so appreciative. One of them even like sang the bracha in the mikvah. It was I learned with both of them wow. and I went because that's a small town here. <laughs> um, <laughs> of course, I shared with them the story about how, um, and there's more than one, but Mrs. Lane, Mrs. Lane Sr., <laughs> she told me specifically how she took a woman to the Rebbe and the Rebbe told her how using the mikvah is retroactive spiritually. You get the blessings from the past and the future mm -hmm. for your children, et cetera. And, the, and it was it was very special. So um and one more last one and then i'll pass on the mic um after i taught these two women another woman who is uh, a regular user at the mikvah walked in one month she didn't tell me and she walked in with her mother-in-law and i was just like oh wow welcome to the men i mean in my body i was like okay is everything okay like this never happens and mm -hmm. um, <laughs> She's like, my, my mother-in-law is visiting from out of town and I'm in the middle of bedtime. I told her I have to go. My mother-in-law's like, well, where do you have to go? It's dark. There's nothing to do in the city. I have to go to mikvah. So the mother-in-law was like, I want to come with you. I want to see what happens there. I mean, if she happens to be, she was, she was in her seventies, went once in her life by her wedding. And literally while the woman was preparing, I sat there, I gave her a crash course in Hebrew slash Yiddish. I've never, I've only taught in English mm -hmm. before, but somehow we, we did it. And the woman actually, she went back to, she was from Israel. She actually went in Israel and at, at an event, her son came over to me and said how grateful her mother is for the experience she went. And she feels like she really feels like it was a spiritual cleansing or whatever that was good for her neshama. And, you know, sometimes I learn with people, I don't, I don't know what's going to happen. Will they really go? Will they pass it on? You don't know. It's nice when people uh but um that was something that was a gift for me because usually the women I ask and this woman came and asked and actually did the whole thing so that's a little bit about the people I learn with 
Thank you. Okay, Mrs. Khazan. Yeah. Um, okay, so the, the girls I learn with, mostly about 90% are the girls that are getting married. So they're the ones that, um, the young girls that are getting married through the community. Here and there, there's a, you know, there's an older married um, woman that will come um, as, part of the, as part of the group. There are some girls, it's interesting, some of the girls that I teach are girls that want, you know, outside of the mandatory classes that we that we give as part of the community, Rabbanut, there's girls that will call me and say, I would like to learn more. Can we learn separately? So we do that, I do that as well with them. Um, but then there's also the um the moms, the grandmothers that I'm in touch with. When I had my preschool, I was much, you know, I I I was it was it was easier because I saw I saw a lot of moms every day. Um, now right. it changed, it changed up a bit. I see different ladies every day, but you know, so mm -hmm. in, you know, over the years I've taught, you know, all, you know, all ages and stages, um, but all non-observant. I have yet to teach a from Kala. I don't know if I would trust myself to teach a from Kala. <laughs> <laughs> I'd be too scared. I'm sure you can do it. <laughs> I would pass the baton to my mother, I think. <laughs> before she... It's funny, sometimes my mother calls me. So I was what? I'm like, Ma, why are you asking me? You are the teacher. <laughs> no, but you took the course. I said, okay, I'll try. Um, but anyway, so those are, those are mainly the the, the 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 girls that I teach um, again there are, there are some um, you know older postmenopause and and before that I that I you know try and reach out I think one year if I'm not mistaken there was one year at the kinos that there was a thing like let's get um, a certain amount of number of ladies to go to the mikvah I can't remember mm -hmm. it was a at the at the kinos or something and I pushed myself mm -hmm. it was really I really went beyond uh, what I what I'm comfortable with. And I put myself to get myself to ask ladies, have you ever gone? Have you? And I got quite a few and I was really like, wow, this is, this is, this is not wow. me, but I'm going to do it anyway. Um, so there, <laughs> there are those few. Um, and then there, it's interesting because, you know, being that we live in Rome, so there's lots of destination weddings here. And lots of times my husband is officiates weddings. So I end up teaching the, the brides that are from who knows where they could be from California, they could be from Australia, they could be from South Africa, um, that you know have nothing to do with me in person. But I usually teach them on Zoom because my husband is marrying them. So those are also the kind of clientele, so to say, that I have taught. And um, yeah, that's pretty much the clientele that we have here. Okay, thank you, uh, Mrs. Lane. Okay, so I also teach community colors, which in my case also many they're not from, but like I said, they are very traditional. And mm -hmm. that obviously has a benefit because some of them, they they know they want to be keeping mikvah. Some of them, like I tell them at the beginning, you know, like I hope by the time I'm done with the classes, you'll want to keep, you know, mikvah and go to the mikvah. Um, mm -hmm. And I've taught women in the community. Sometimes when I'm giving like, you know, a class on another topic, I'll try and find a way to throw it out there, especially, you know, for women that are post-menopause. And I'll say, you know, if someone didn't have the chance to go to the mikvah, there's always that opportunity. Well, I did for a while, and now that I'm thinking of it, I should really um, make sure I do this again. I would contact the mothers of the colors that I was teaching. So normally, like I said, yeah. they are community members, so it's people that I actually know. And I would call them for a meeting and say, um, you know, it's a great opportunity for you 
like now that your daughter's going to the mikveh, it would be a special time for you also to prepare to go to the mikveh. Mm -hmm. I had a few colors that way. And um, mm -hmm. sometimes when Pesach Sheni comes around also, I've, you know, made that point mm -hmm. to, you know, talk about going to the mikveh um, after menopause. And I have taught also a couple of from colors. Like Hannah said, it's kind of like when you're in that pattern of teaching, you know, not yet observant girls is kind of, you know, you know what you're <laughs> going to tell them and how you're going to do it. And when it comes to teaching right. from colors, really like for myself, you know, I double check everything and exactly what I'm telling them, make sure every single thing, you know, needs to be a hundred percent. But in my community, I did teach two from colors and now actually I'm teaching uh -huh. about the color that she contacted me because I'm on mikvah.org. So I'm doing that now. Look at that. Wow. Okay. So how do your colors inspire you? And do you have a story to share? Uh, so after I learned with any of the ladies um, or kala, I just in that they are able to follow through within their you know, the information went in there, have the peace of mind and heart to fulfill the mitzvah as best as they can. And because I don't mm -hmm. know what's really going to happen, but um, it gives me a lot of nachas when two years later, I get, you know, messages, I'm having a baby and wanting to know about halachas and to make sure to keep things properly. It's just like, wow, you know, it's, it's very special. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. A story. So the ladies from here, I don't generally charge and that's the dynamics of where we live. It's, I wouldn't want it to be something that's, uh, you know, they're going to not learn because of money. Um, <laughs> so, and I'm, I do it happily. I really do. So, but at when I was teaching um, Akala, who I offered to teach, and I didn't know what she, I really didn't know what she was going to be doing. She actually agreed to nine classes. That was so impressive. Like really learning. Wow. I, think I, I haven't really had that besides her and um but it's very time consuming and I was working around my kids schedules trying to like fit like I really want to make sure like she's willing to learn I'm going to do it with her properly and Kala's are busy people <laughs> so mm, at the yes. point like I would sit down with her I'd make the schedule like that works for her but then she'd cancel and can I switch this time and that time it was getting frustrating because my kids would you know it was hard to I had other things going on and I was complaining yeah. to my husband about, oh, maybe if I would have charged, she would have taken it more seriously. Hmm. And my husband was just like, oh, no, just keep on teaching, whatever. <laughs> literally, <laughs> literally the next day, I got a check in the mail. It was from the government, but I had no clue I was entitled for this amount of money. I, I, have to, I wrote it somewhere. I can't remember if it was 6000 or 10000 and wow. my husband was like, see, I told you, you should just keep on teaching, Hashem pays. And this was yeah. like, and he actually reminded me last night that it happened three different times. Okay, it wasn't always such a oh big sum goodness. of money, but <laughs> it was way more than I would have charged if I would have charged someone. Um, like each time was like, like I was sitting in the mikvah really late one night and I was like, oh my gosh, I just, I, re I really do enjoy it, but it also, we're human, you know? and. and Yes. Like, yes. I'm sitting in the mikvah and I get this e-transfer out of the blue from someone sending me like, you know, here's your gift for the work you're doing. Wow. So it really wow. is like a sign from Hashem that this is what mm -hmm. we're doing. So, and actually that Kala gave me, <laughs> it's funny. She gave us a case of wine. Um, at the time there was a law here. 
that you can't like all laws with buying kosher wine you couldn't bring from other provinces you can't bring from other countries so we didn't mm. have kosher wine so we we're just having grape juice oh like, so for kiddish and for <laughs> shabbos and Yantif, it was like it's funny we didn't have wine but she gave us like more mm. than a case of wine which was like that was more um more than money even if you had money you couldn't bring your wine in so that was that was very nice right um I wow. want to share another story so I took our Hebrew school class, our oldest was grade five to seven mix. I took them on a tour of the mikvah, spoke about it on their level with the slideshow and whatever. And the kids were all very impressed. And um, I mean, it went well. One of the kids was like, the mikvah is attached to someone's house and it's a cousin of his. He's like, I just don't understand. No one ever, I mean, I've been here so many times. No one ever told me about this place. No one ever told me that this exists. And actually after that tour, one of the moms of the kids in the class went to the mikvah. The, the daughter came home and it's it's like, right? It says the Haitian blink of us. The children will bring back. Yeah. I had spoken to her yeah. and I was taking time, but it was really like the mother told me, my daughter told me it's going to, it's beautiful. It's going to be such a nice experience. <laughs> and this Wow, look at that. Never, she was married for like 15 years, never went. So that was very wow. special. Mm -hmm. And if I could do one last story. Sure, go ahead. Um, this one, oh, when I started working on the mikvah maintenance in the mikvah, like that was kind of what I started with when I moved here, just little renovations. Um, now, Mertesham, we're going to do bigger ones, but one of that um, attendants, all the attendants are volunteer. She, uh, her name is actually Shira Malka. She should have a lift gig on Aden. And she recommended okay. that I ask um, a man, his name's, his name's Arye. He gave permission to share the story um to help with renovations like he'll do them for free he'll fix tiles he'll put in light with lights like whatever I needed and um in short he ended up doing helping the the rabbi in charge of the mikvah with something even harder um but five months after this he came over to my husband and shul and said um I just want to tell you my wife is expecting she's five months pregnant he actually when I asked him to come help He's like, my wife is using the mikvah tonight, so I'll come with her. And I was like, nope. <laughs> Even if you're, <laughs> coming, you're not gonna coming, everyone's in space. <laughs> and he's like, he said, my other, I have two sons at the time. One was 16, one was six. And we always wanted more children and it just wasn't working. And I'm telling you, I know it's, I, I did a, he davened in the mikvah. He just davened Hashem in the mikvah after he did some of this work. He's like, I know mm -hmm. it's from the work that I did. He did it all for free for the mikvah that in that wow. plus in that merit that we had a child and they actually had a second child like a little less than two years later so and they're wow. they attribute it to the work that they did for the mikvah so we see the Rebbe says in Hayyamim how it literally saves lives and so many times he writes about the brachas it brings like definitely seen that wow those are really really incredible stories wow thank you Okay, Mrs. Khazan. Yeah, um, I, I always tell my girls, I call them my girls. <laughs> I always tell them <laughs> that they, they inspire me. And I, mm -hmm. when I say that, I, I mean it with all my heart and soul because I can't, I, I can't get over um, how much 
I say this to my ladies also when I teach them and, you know, um, cafe and, and Torah we have, whatever, tea and, what, what's it in America? I don't know, tea and, whatever. Tea. tea, so we have cafe and Torah. Yeah. And I tell, these, I tell <laughs> them all the time, I, say, <laughs> I tell them all the time, you know, you, they look at me and they're like, oh, you know, she's, she's like the top. She, she has it all. She knows what she's doing. She does every mitzvah. Like they think, you know, we're angels, right? And they, mm -hmm. they just can't get over. So they think they, and they look at themselves like, oh my gosh, what a way they have to go. And I tell them, I look at you exactly the opposite that I cannot get over how much they have to like, how much, how, how much they are Mr. Nefesh to do what they are doing, because it didn't come mm -hmm. to them just by, you know, being I, Baruch Hashem, grew up in a firm family, have all this because I was born into it. And I tell them the story of, you know, the boy who, who was born on the mountaintop. And I just, again and again, I'm like, I, I just, I'm blown away by them. I just, I cannot get over that they put in the time, they want to do it. They, they really incredibly so have, have so much respect for it. And then what blows me away even more is when they'll call me after with Shilas. And I'm like, wow, like, why, why are you even calling me? Why would you even call me? Like such, such, you know, and I say, you know, Hashem gives the, you know, gave the woman the mitzvah and gave us the, the trust that we're going to do it in the right way without having to show and ask. Obviously, if we have Shilas, we ask, but no one's coming to check the Badika if you say it's okay, right? So when they call me right. with their Shilas and one too many times, I would have to tell them it's not okay. It, it breaks my heart. And then I say to them, but wow, like what a merit that you, that, that you're doing this in the right way. And it just blows me away every single time. And um, mm -hmm. I, I have a couple stories, but I'll just, I'll, I'll start with this one. This one woman that I took as a post-menopause, it was her first and last time that she went to the mikveh. And she wow. was a, a grandma in of one of the kids in our preschool. And um, she, I learned with her quickly, you know, very, very, you know, short, what she has to do and ta da da And I picked her up the night of the mikvah, or actually she picked me up. She picked me up to go to take her. And we're driving there. And she says to me, Hani, I have one thing to tell you, though. It's a problem. I know I did all the right preparations, like you told me everything. But one thing I can't take off is my wedding band. It's something that I've never taken off since I'm married. The jeweler told me that if I want it, you know, I, he would have to cut it for me. And I just, I, I can't take it off. So I'm sitting in the car and we're pulling up, parking at the McFan. I'm like, okay, uh, let me just, mm. let me give me a minute. I'm just going to call the rub and see like, you know, I needed to get a, I, I, I was, I was sure I would get the header, but of course I needed to, to ask. So I said, you know, right. let's, just, let, 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 let's try one more time. We pull into the parking space and I said, let's try one more time. And she, I, I, I promise I watched it happen. She pulled it off in one shot. And off came her ring. Oh my God. <laughs> she, wow. she burst into tears because right then and there for her, it was like, it couldn't have been more clear that she was doing the right thing. And, mm -hmm. and the, the, the story has a funny ending because I took the ring from her and stuck it on my hand so it wouldn't get lost. And then I went home with it. <laughs> so she oh had <laughs> to pick up her ring, but it was just, it was amazing. It was incredible. It was just such wow. a, it couldn't have been more clear that mm -hmm. she was doing right thing and she saw that that's what was so beautiful about it she actually you know saw that mm -hmm. so um wow. these are these are the people that I deal with and I always call I call them the Balshemsky Yidin they're just incredible like it's just it, it blows me away time and time again um I don't know if you it was in this question that you asked about like a specific um um you know something that I, I do um 
in particular. Go for it. Go for it. Okay. Um, the what I noticed here, there was a big lack in the community here. There was nobody. There's I know lots of communities don't have it, but a bodeket. Okay. There's no bodekets here mm -hmm. in Rome. And I was dealing with the young Kalas. I realized how much it was lacking because there were so many times that girls would call me on like day seven or day four or day five that they have a, a question. And and with over time and with experience and going back and forth with, with the Rav, the questions that were always, you know, it got me to understand if the if the girl was able to be checked by somebody it's in, and and tribute the the blood to something else whatever it was you know all the details of what it of what a bodekas would do a bodekas would do so i decided that some way somehow i need to become a bodekas because i it, if i'm teaching mm -hmm. the girls i need to be able to make it easy for them as well i can't make it more difficult you know so Right. I had a colleague at the mikvah the night before her wedding, hysterically crying because her last padika had a red stain. And it was uh, uh, 15 phone calls with Rabbi Farkash back and forth until we got it okay. But anyway, so I said, mm -hmm. by hook or by crook, I need to figure this out. So I spoke to um, Hani Ackerman, who offered to train me, but she kept telling me, she was so kind, and she kept telling me that a bodeca needs to have a, a some sort of um a licensing you know in 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 health you know whether it's right. a midwife or something you know the bare minimum but it has to be something so i figured thought well that's not going to come very quick because i don't have any of that so i got in touch with nishmat in israel and they also told me the same thing legally they probably they couldn't do it for me because as much as i could learn what to do if i don't have a licensing to examine a woman i can't be a bodeket so right i spoke to uh, my father who's a rav and he had this wonderful incredible idea and he said why don't you work together with a jewish midwife or obgyn or a, just a GYN. Mm -hmm. And uh, I thankfully am close enough to a few from, not from Jewish, um, the gynecologists here in Rome. The chief rabbi happens to be a doctor as well. So speaking to him, it was very, you know, easy to, to, to talk about this. And he actually got in touch with those, this gynecologist and put me in touch with them directly. And we spoke and we created this um, um, kind of collaboration. If I have a Shaila, a girl will call me with a Shaila, I can call them. They will do the visit and I will ask the questions. And based on that, we have this possibility of, you know, this joint, um, the, you know, the halachic perspective on one and the, and the you know, the actual um, visit of the woman in the other. And uh, so far, it's just, I mean, it, it, this thing just kind of took off and it's not official in terms of actually, Mrs. Morozov asked me to, if I would speak to Rabbi Chaikin to make it an official thing. I haven't gotten there yet. Mm -hmm. I'm not sure I'm ready to take that plunge, but um, but it's just, I've seen in the few times that I was able to help someone in that situation, I was like, okay, this is it. I, 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 know, I, I know I'm doing the right thing. I, I can't, what would I have done? What would I have done if I couldn't have helped mm -hmm. her? So that's just something that um, that I have managed to pull together for, for this little you know aspect of this mitzvah. Wow, that's really incredible. Okay, thank you. Um, Mrs. Lane. Well, wow, that, that's very special how you advocate for your colors in that way. We Barksham, yes. we have two Boydekas here, and really it makes the world of difference because yeah. you know you always have someone to, to refer to. Mm -hmm. uh, <clears throat> my colors, yeah, they, they inspire me in a very similar way. Girls that you teach that uh, you really have no clue if they're gonna keep Tara Samashbacha, 
And I don't like to ask them outright, like, are you going to keep, I, you know, I encourage them, I tell them it would be, you know, the nicest thing for me to know that they, that they will keep, but I don't actually ask them. And then you find girls, you know, asking you, you know, questions and you understand that they're really not just keeping mikvah, but they're doing it in a very, you know, careful way. Mm-hmm. And um, I've had colors, like also with situation of Kupas Nida, a girl that I taught and she wasn't expecting a period. And all of a sudden, like a couple of days before the wedding, boom, you know, like she calls me up, it's like, it's, it just came. And, and that she was, you know, willing to go through with it. I was very, I was very impressed that she actually, you know, took it, took it seriously like that. I had a call on the day of the mikvah. She had a Shila. And again, like she, she was accepting that, you know, she was going to wait and hear the answer of the Shila. And that's what was going to determine, you know, if she was able to go to the mikvah um, or not go to the mikvah. So, yeah, it's really special when you see people that they really have your Shemayim. You know, we talk about how this is a woman's mitzvah and Hashem is giving you that trust and you really see how people take this as something very special. And even though they might not be keeping other mitzvahs, um, they do keep Taras HaMishpacha and, and do it to the best of their ability. Beautiful. I had a story um, with a woman. I'm trying to remember if I actually taught her, but she's a member of my community. I probably did teach her for her wedding and years down the line, she had issues with infertility. She had one child, but she very much wanted another child. So I was in touch with her because of, um, like I said, I was I was being a mashkicha. And um, so she was doing her treatment and I was there with her. And one month she told me, she was like, you know what, this month I'm just taking a break. Like, I don't want to know anything. I don't want to see the doctors. I don't want to do, you know, any of that. Mm-hmm. And I encouraged her anyway that month to use the mikvah. And Baruch Hashem, that month she got pregnant. And it was such, wow. for me, it was like such an amazing um, you know, obviously we know the bracha comes from Hashem and with, mm-hmm. with whatever they're doing, obviously the bracha is from Hashem. But yes. when it was so obvious, you yeah. know, as she herself realized, you know, this month she didn't do anything in Baruch Hashem, um, she got pregnant. And another mm-hmm. woman that she had a, a girl and she wanted a boy. And um, she spoke to me, I said, you know what? Let's go to the mikvah. Let's, you know, you do your part and, and we'll ask Hashem for a bracha. And Baruch Hashem, she got pregnant also. She had a she had a baby boy. So uh, it's very inspiring when you pass see how these brachas come first of all into our own lives by being involved in Taras HaMishpacha. And when you see that people, they make that effort and Hashem finds them um, a way to send to send that bracha in a very clear way. Mm-hmm. So that's my, my inspiration. Wow. Thank you. All of these stories, I'm literally just sitting here getting chills. These are incredible. We could, I could keep hearing them all day. But we're going to end off with one last question. And that is, what is your vision for the future of Tara Samashbacha? Hannah Gordon, we will start with you. Um, okay, so to continue spreading the beauty of this mitzvah, mm-hmm. and something that is more, that is learned by kids already from a young age. There's no taboo attached, only positivity. And children will teach their parents, children will teach their kids. Um, I have a child, we're on Shluchas here. I have a very proud Yiddish Yiddish child. He goes to public school. And um, that's the Rav said that was the best thing for him. And uh, they have a curriculum there. We're we're not the most liberal, but we're pretty liberal here, the type of place Mm -hmm. we live in. But they have a curriculum that's taught on the subject of intimacy. 
starts in kindergarten oh, wow. <laughs> through grade seven through grade 12 and the school sends us an outline you know of everything they teach and videos and whatever and I went through it and <laughs> I my thought that just came to my head was if this can be taught in school to our kids we how much more so we need to teach our children from a young age about the preciousness and the beauty of Tara Semeshbacha and the beauty of intimacy mm -hmm. according to Tara. Tara teaches us how to have the most beautiful, loving, respectful, enjoyable relationship between husband and wife, physically, spiritually, and it mimics our relationship with Hashem and that infuses our homes and it spills over to the entire world. There is, of course, there's a age, there are different ages, we speak differently, but there is Mm -hmm. only what to give and teach our children because no matter what I know maybe I'm we're more liberal here but uh, this stuff is being taught everywhere and whether you know about your kids learning about it or not they will pick it up and I would much prefer mm -hmm. my kid hearing from a young age Torah answers that should definitely be what comes first and you know I know the mm -hmm. like Rabbi the Rabbi told Rabbi Pape make sure not to miss out the Taras Mishpach on the cover of the Mashiach Times magazines. He said, speak about this topic from the Bima. There were so many times where it was like, there was never like, shh, shh, shh. it was just like, teach it. Right. And um, I I'm, I feel like I really try and give over that message to my children on their level. My kids are young, um, but Taras, Taras Chaim. <laughs> I remember living here mm -hmm. at, at age 11. My first intimacy, intimacy class ever was uh, given to me by an 11 year old friend. We were 11 at the time with a magazine I would never want my kids looking at. And, you know, right. obviously how that was part of Hashem's plan. Maybe it was to, to teach me to go the opposite way of really <laughs> not shying away from teaching my kids from a young age. And I've only, mm -hmm. I've only seen good. You don't know, we don't know what's going to be with our students, with our children in 20 years where they'll be. But if now we can give them the beauty from like not, not to wait till they're even in high school. It's like, as soon as we mm -hmm. can infuse them with the beauty. And I think that's, you know, it's the, the, the future, the ones that bring Mashiach are the, the going to be the little children. So start from there yes. and teach them that. Um, and a lot of people are already going this way, which is fantastic. Mm -hmm. And uh, mm -hmm. that's, that's one of the ways we bring Mashiach. Yes, exactly. May that really bring Mashiach. Yeah. Wow. That's very, very important. Okay, um, Mrs. Khazan. Okay, um, I in two different two different aspects. Um, you know, one was um, what just Hannah Gordon just said was about mm -hmm. teaching young age. I've been trying really hard. Yeah. I haven't I haven't gotten through yet, but I'm 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 sure that in the right time it will happen. That to bring in this curriculum into the elementary school here in Rome, the community day mm -hmm. school, um, and I hope that one day we will. Um, because I've spoken to the chief rabbi about it and he's not against it. It's just a matter of getting it through to the right, the right people in the right place at the right time um, mm -hmm. to teach kids before they get out of, you know, elementary school, because, you know, like, as you said, these girls are hearing it and knowing it and seeing it from all the wrong places. So to get them to yeah. at least understand that this thing exists, because many of them will graduate high school, go off to the rest of the world and not know that it exists. So just to, you know, mm -hmm. give them just a little inkling that this this exists, this mitzvah is there. And from from the other side, I can't get over the um, how much how how far 
we've come as far as teaching our own kalas, our firm kalas. I know from when I got married um, 21 years ago, 22 years ago to now, um, the the way that the college teachers taught then and the way that they're teaching now is so different and so it should be. And it's just so, mm-hmm. so incredibly yeah. amazing to me. And uh, I am not afraid anymore for who my daughter is going to learn with because in Mirza Hashem in the right time, because I see how capable, how capable the teachers are these days because of how much information and how much um, wealth of, of halacha hashkafa and and advice they do have at their hands. So I, it's yeah. just, it's incredible. So I, I see that, I see that happening on, on all ends and Hashem, we should just um, go from one thing to the next and grow in, 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 in holiness. That's all. I mean, I can definitely attest to that as someone that has actually recently gotten married. Um, finding a call teacher is just definitely so much easier nowadays and there's so many options and the amount that we learn is just incredible so I agree and may it just continue (laughs) yeah um Mrs. Lane so the vision of Tarasam Mishpacha if we think back when the Rebbe started the Tarasam Mishpacha campaign I mean I, I think I was like just born I think it was 1975 if I'm not mistaken um, mm-hmm. and what a surprise that was at that time, had the Rebbe was talking about speaking about the mitzvah in such an open way, which had, you know, that was coming as such a change to what people were used to, you know, how discreet this mitzvah was. Like now you have, um, the women that are, are running mikvahs on, on the chat discussing, like, what do you tell your kids when you leave the house to go take care of the mikvah? And it used to be, you know, oh, I have a meeting, you know? or whatever other excuse you would find. And now the shluchas are able to tell their children, yes, I'm taking care of the mikvah, you know, and, and the whole outlook has changed for ourselves and I think for the world around us. That was the Rebbe's right. outlook, that if in the world now it's so open, these kind of topics, then we as um, not just college teachers, but we as from people, we have to spread that word and let people know um, about this special mitzvah. So definitely... Mm-hmm. Um, it's amazing what Tyrus Hamishpacha, the Tyrus Hamishpacha office has has been doing. I was looking back at some of the podcasts and the amount of podcasts that they have available and all different topics. And obviously, this is one of the ways that they're getting the word out by training college teachers. That's another way yes. that we're getting the word out. And um, obviously, the mission is that the whole world gets to hear this message about Tyra, because obviously as we teach about Tara and more people keep the mitzvah of Tara and Mishpacha, we know that that's bringing us closer and closer to Mashiach when the whole world will uh, have the Tara that we need. So definitely we're all doing our little bit, uh, trying to inspire women. And um, obviously the most special thing would be to see that all Jewish women keep this mitzvah in the best way possible. I mean, wow, beautiful. Okay, thank you all so, so much. That was amazing. May all of these visions and brachas just come true for this beautiful mitzvah of Taras and Mishpacha. And may we all greet and meet each other um, with the coming of Mashiach. So thank you so much. Thank you. Amen. We hope you enjoyed today's recording. Please take a moment to leave a rating or a review to help others find the podcast. We welcome you to support our vital work at mikvah.org forward slash donate. For feedback, please email podcast at mikvah.org. Have a wonderful day. Mm-hmm.